this is Tim. I wanted to thank everyone for their support. Remind you that you can help us out by leaving us a rating on iTunes, subscribe to the show, give us some feedback to your family and friends. We also have a click-through link for Amazon. Go to InsideBJJ.com and use the click-through link. Helps us out a lot. Thank you very much, and we hope you enjoy the show. We'd like to present Not Seen Before. I think you want want everybody to smoke weed. That's right. This is Hoist Gracie, and you're listening to the Inside BJJ Podcast. Weatherstrom trip. That's racist. I'm not a racist. That's racist. I'm not a racist. This is Kurt Ochiander. This is Inside BJJ Podcast. God damn it. Jiu-Jitsu sucks. God damn it. I think you want, you want everybody to smoke weed. No, this is so good. This is an absolute honor. And you're listening to the Inside BJJ Podcast. What is up? Welcome to the Inside BJJ Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Freeman. Thank you for listening. We got a great show lined up for you. We're going to be chatting in just a few moments here with the great J.M. Holland. J.M. is the head instructor at 10th Planet Bethlehem. And I believe finishers uh, MMA... Lehigh Valley. I could be off about that. We'll get that all sorted up. He's also uh, very much involved with the finisher sub only tournament. We want to chat with him a little bit uh, and get some feedback on that. Um, we had Gary Tonin on recently and he, he talked about some of his nostalgia for EBI and EBI is not going anywhere. Eddie, Eddie came out right after that said, we're coming back 2021. It's back on folks. By popular demand, EBI is back on, but uh, we want to talk to J.M. Holland. He's been, you know, those guys out there have been flying the flag for EBI rules tournaments on the East Coast for for a while now, and we want to make sure we give some love their way, so we'll be giving him a call in just a few minutes. Um, I'm going to see if I can get him to stick around and do some, some message board recap with me that would be pretty dope uh man adcc roster is is starting to uh tighten up a little bit here and it's looking pretty good like i you know i used to be um i used to be one of these one of these fans who watched baseball or football and you know i would follow it religiously like as, as a kid i remember making we made scrapbooks where we cut newspaper articles out about the giants you know and we had we had the stockton record which is like the stockton's the world's shittiest town and the stockton record is the world's shittiest newspaper that just happens to be in the world's shittiest town so that that meant it was slim pickings i mean articles about the giants were just damn but every once in a while my dad would he'd splurge an extra quarter and get the san francisco chronicle back when it was going some of you guys might even remember the examiner from back in the day and if dad was like really doing good we got the sporting news and that was dope man the sporting news had all kind of baseball stuff in it, and I would cut that shit out and make scrapbooks 
you know, when I was like seven, eight, nine years old of, of baseball, I just loved following baseball. I'd look at the box scores. Back then, there was no ESPN.com. You know, you weren't you weren't looking at anything online. You got the newspaper. You opened the goddamn thing up. And you read the box scores, and I looked at every box score, and I would add up all how many home runs were hit today, how many strikeouts for all the teams. You know, I just liked looking at it, and I, I never found a replacement for that until I found grappling. And grappling was so immature in terms of its coverage, you, you couldn't really follow it at that same level of detail. If you wanted to look up stats, you had to compile them all yourself. You had to make some phone calls. You had to get some tape. You had to put some serious time into it. And as a as as a community and as a legitimate sport and martial arts, it just it just really wasn't there. And we're starting to see it really start to grow. And and I think there's what like BJJ Heroes, I think had really if you if you think about it, BJJ Heroes, Andre at BJJ Heroes had a lot to do with that type of thing, in my opinion, because he, he started, it started as almost just a, you know, a, a, a bio biographical look right at, at these athletes and there'd be a biography and some pictures and maybe a little video. And then I remember there'd be like a little win loss record, but it wasn't super detailed and it seemed like, damn, you know, not, t- but now it's like every fucking guy you could think of is in there. There's lots of analysis Lots of stats, lots of breakdowns, and the organizations themselves are starting to keep numbers. I I hope that fight to win is keeping statistics on what's going on. There's so much valuable data in there, and I'm predicting that in the near future, if not already, the teams that want to have a competitive advantage in grappling are not just going to watch tape. And go, well, this guy's got this tendency and that guy's got that tendency. Oh, no, we're going to watch tactical success. So what I mean is the statistics are going to get more granular. And you're going to need people on your team who can interpret those statistics, come up with new statistics. And how do you take those statistics and use them to guide your instruction, your training, your competition strategies. Because if you don't do it, somebody else is, and you're going to get left behind. So that means, you know, looking at some numbers, and it may change jujitsu in the sense that we might start seeing like, hey, nobody's going to use this pass anymore. Because statistically, man, it's just not a great pass. Like there might be a couple guys that are good at it, but those guys will stand out. Everybody else will go, nah. We may come to find things out like, hey, if you knee slide, the step around arm bar, it's like 8, 90%, 80%, 70%. You got to go for subs in the last minute, in the first minute, in the sixth minute. Escapes are harder to do in the beginning than in the end. Tall guy versus short guy, limb length, all those things. And these are just, you know, me pulling things right, right off the top of my head. It, of course, it's going to go deeper than that. Of course, there's brilliant minds that are going to take a look at it and go like, this is the data we can we need to see. I feel like there's some really good coaches who have this sense of that. They just have kind of this built-in instinctual sense, and maybe they can't always articulate it, but they, they, can, they, can, they can in a way where you get it almost in an indirect manner. 
But I think we're getting to a point where where we're going to see people really break this shit down. I'd be interested in hearing stories about this. If any of you guys know anybody, or you have it, or, or you've seen something, or you have some experience, maybe you have some coaches that are doing it, or you've heard of some coaches, or maybe you just got some juice. You're like, dude, Gracie Baja is like compiling a database on every grappler alive. They're running surveillance. They're monitoring their Instagram training photos. Anything they put out on stories, YouTube, they're watching. Gracie Baja, Big Brother. No, I don't know. That would be that would be dope, though. Like if you could do that, right? You would have such a competitive advantage. Um, and there's spying in pro sports. There's tons of spying. You think there's not spying at the highest levels? Tom Brady's 42 years old. He's still playing quarterback. The Patriots have been embroiled in several controversies that involve cheating and spying of some sort. Stealing signs in baseball happens all the time. You got a stadium with 30,000 people in it. You mean to tell me one of those dudes with binoculars isn't watching a third base coach, a first base coach, the manager in the dugout? You know how easy it would be for him to communicate with somebody? Super easy. Super duper easy. And you know it happens. So it's just a matter of time. This is all coming to jujitsu if it's not already here and we just not we just don't know about it. Better check those DDS boys. Better figure out what's going on up there. I better get Eddie Bravo on this. I could build a giant database. Come to me. I'm going to run an informatics company. I'll go right back to technology, right where I came from. Straight back to it. That's all you know, dummy. But uh, I'm looking forward to ADCC. The roster is shaping up. I, um, uh, I'm i pretty stoked about it, man. There's some, there's some big names in there. We see just recently Mason Fowler dropped down and Keenan, Keenan Ivory Cornelius went up. And so there's two, um, there's a little swap there. I guess those guys have swapped weight classes. They've agreed to swap weight, weight classes. Uh, Cobrina stepped out and his son is stepping in. That's kind of an odd thing. You don't see that too much. Um, and I don't know exactly, and I'm going to be honest, and I, I tried to do some research yesterday, and I remember reading a thread about this, but and the dude that was just answering it was a little bit like, I'm super grappling knowledge guy. There's always that guy who knows everything about grappling and he's snarky. I fucking hate snarky grapplers, dude. I hate them. I hate them. You could even tell when you're in class with a snarky grappler. Because while the instructor's showing something or you're showing something, they just have a look on their face. Like they already think they're smarter than you and they're better than you and they know more than you. You're like, why are you even fucking here then? You know what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um... The, the response was something like that. Obviously, you don't know how ADC invites and works and blah, blah, blah. But so I know there's trials and you can win a trial. I know you can get invited. And I know if you're the champion, you, you get an invite to come back automatically. How does it work, though? If you back out, you find your own replacement. Or was Kennedy already in line to step up if somebody backed out? And so his pops took a step back. I'm wondering if maybe that's the case. Because it seems weird. It seems like, you know, I could just... 
what what would stop Gordon Ryan or or any of those guys that well he won I guess but anyone who had an invite from just going like hey man you really want to be an ADCC yeah you're a lawyer you're a weekend warrior you got a lot of money though and you really want to be an ACC I'll sell you my spot for twenty five G's like what would stop that there's got to be some process to it some way where you just don't get to like. It's not hereditary. Like I died and I'm I'm passing down my ADCC roster invite. If anything should happen to me before 2019 September, I'd like to pass my ADC roster invite down to Big MF. Kind of buff guy. I want to pass it down to kind of buff guy. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with more Inside BJJ. We'd like to welcome J.M. Holland to the podcast. J.M. Holland is the uh, head instructor at 10th Planet Bethlehem and 10th Planet. uh, I guess it's Allentown or is that all under Bethlehem now? Yeah, that's all. It's like four of them are running around town. Gotcha. My guy, uh, I think the last time, I forget the last time I was on. What's up, man? How we doing, by the way? But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, Thor's, that's going to be Thor's school. He's going to be the boss running things in Allentown. So. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. That's so outstanding. The empire is expanding. It is, and, and Thor's going to be an ADCC, man. you got to be stoked for that. Oh, dude. Thor is, uh, Thor's in chill mode right now. Yeah, dude. He's, Thor's going to be a rock star, dude. He's gonna. I think like he can, you know, like he's doing combat jujitsu. Like uh, he's doing Abu Dhabi. Like he's killing it. He's killing it. He's doing everything like I couldn't do. Like you know what I mean? Like I've been working my whole life to have what Thor has, and Thor just came through and just did it. I'm like, damn. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He's the man, dude. It, it it happens sometimes. It's sometimes, you know, things got to be set up the right way and you got to hit the right timing and you do. And it's like, bam, 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 bam. So it's, it's pretty cool. He yeah. did really well at combat jujitsu. He's had some real good performances. <laughs> I was pretty yeah, stoked I so. when, when I saw him on the <laughs> roster for ADCC. I'm like, God damn, man, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? People are bitching about getting invited to Abu Dhabi and shit, but uh, Thor got third at the trials and he's exciting as shit. He's dynamic. And that's what, when he started working with us, I told him that from the beginning was like, you know, you might have a style that wins you matches, but you're boring and no one gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to sit down on my couch on Saturday night and watch a guy that's trying, you know what I'm saying? I don't really yeah. watch most of YouTube. It's boring to me. You know, like it's not, I don't get it. You know, um, you can call me caveman for that, but I just, I don't get it. Uh, but like Thor is dynamic as shit. He's going in there and finishing. Like he's he when he did that combat jujitsu uh, tournament, he finished everyone in regulation. You know what I mean? So that's that's performances like that. That's going to get you noticed and it's going to get you opportunities because you're you're exciting to watch. Absolutely, and I think guys are starting. Some guys are starting to understand that aspect of what they're doing. You know, like, hey, if if you just go in and you stall out and you have boring jujitsu, then you might pick up the medal and you might pick up the win, but you may not pick up yeah. you you may not pick up an invite anywhere else because ultimately right. these promoters are trying to get people to pay for the product so they can grow and expand yeah. and put on bigger shows, and the athletes kind of have to realize that too. Like, there's a little bit of a give and take in that relationship, and sometimes I think yeah. the competitors well, don't get that part of it. Yeah, there's a time to get the job done, 
you know, I understand that. Uh, and you got to, you know, forget what the people think, you know, get your medal, get your, your rep. Because if you win, that's how, that's how life works. Winning is, when you win, you get to talk, you get the microphone. You know what I mean? So winning is important. But, uh, you know, I push the other side of that too. You know what I mean? Because at least with my guys, and that's my right too, because, you know, I pay rent. Absolutely. And and winning is important. And I think, you know, once you start to win, the way you win becomes important. <laughs> and and, yeah. and people got to yeah. remember that, you know, because that, that's ultimately if you're trying to make a living competitively, it's really, really important that people want to watch you compete. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, he got that invite to, he got that invite to have a dog in um, that was huge. And now like, uh, you know, the, the 66 kilogram division, like every time, every time there's an avocado, you know, people act like, you know, guys pull out and stuff and everyone freaks out. It's like, yeah, that happens to every Abu Dhabi. Like, that's why you always get a Cause you never know in jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like, right. Guys are, you know, pulling out and you never know when they need somebody. So it's a good idea to just be ready to go. Yeah. Be ready. And you know, uh, I was, I was, thinking about this because i really don't know how this part worked i saw that cobrina backed out and his son took his spot was his son already kind of next in line in terms of the um the, the the way he placed in the trials or is it like hey if you get invited you could like bequeath that invite like you could say like i'm not going to use it i'm gonna let my sister use yeah. it like it seems fucking weird to me dude kennedy kennedy is a bad motherfucker let's not get it twisted no you know no, I mean? no yeah he for did sure beat Nikki, right? yeah yeah for yeah. sure I've seen people bitching about that. You know, it's really none of my business. They're going to pick, they're going to pick who they know. You understand? They know Cobrina. Of course, Cobrina is going to push for his son to be in Abu Dhabi. That's what I would do. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're not wrong with that. That's how the whole world works. You know what I mean? That's how that, you know, so either win the trials, you know, and it's easy for guys like be like, Oh, you should win the trials. It's like my, when I go do the trials at, you know, East Coast Trials or West Coast Trials, my like, is like 56 kilograms is like 70 dudes, you know? Yeah, it's Some no of them joke. divisions are eight guys, you know what I mean? Three of them are grandparents, you know what I mean? And then you just wrestle in the world, and then you go to Abu Dhabi. That's not the case in my weight division, so... Yeah, uh, and some guys will follow the division. The they'll, go, they'll, they'll fly to some other location so they could go up against a potentially yeah. more advantageous yeah, bracket. For Yeah, I mean... The, Hell yeah. Everyone's trying to Hell get yeah. there. I mean, dude, I ain't hating on nobody. I ain't hating on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you can get in Abu Dhabi, get in that motherfucker. Yeah. 100%. For sure. You know what I mean? It's the best. It's <laughs> I, the best. It's the best. It's the most. People blow it, blow it up the hardest because it's Abu Dhabi, dude. It's the thickest. It's the most important tournament. You yeah. know what I mean? It's a big deal. No, um, it is. It's it, it, For a lot of people. Yeah. It's the biggest deal right now in the Nogi world. It's still the biggest deal. It has yeah. the most prestige. It's it I would say that World's Jiu Jitsu and the Gi still holds a slight advantage in terms of um majesty and, and precedence only because the IBJJF has a Hall of Fame now and it's a big ordeal. But in, in Nogi grappling, I would much rather win at ADCC than than Nogi Worlds. I'm not taking anything away from yeah. Nogi Worlds, but ADCC is fucking the shit, dude. Like, historically, there's a lot of legends who have come through that path, man. To walk that path is a big deal. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, hey, no, I'm psyched for it. I'm going to be there. I'm not fighting or anything, obviously, but uh, 
I mean, how many people got black belts in Abu Dhabi? You know what I mean? Like just, I mean, that's right there. I'm just, I made it already. You know what I mean? That's, that's all I ever really was aiming at. You know what I mean? Cause I knew like, man, athletic wise, you know, like you, like I'm working on, I mean, I got time yet. I'm 29, but, um, yeah, Thor is such a good athlete. He's got, he's gotten so good so fast. It's awesome that he got in there. Cause like now, you know, I'm just riding his coattails. You know what I mean? How do you, he, and it's not like he's going to go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to ask real quick, like when, when you opened your Academy, what, what belt were you when you opened the Academy? Um, I was a blue belt, but I was like, I got my blue belt from Eddie and then, but I was like already really experienced. Like I was already, I opened my Academy at like 23, but I was already like, you know, and I had Zach as a partner who was like maybe 29 at the time. And we both had MMA fights, Zach fought pro MMA, like high level, not like some bum fight where the guy sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> guys, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's guys with pro MMA fights that are fucking garbage. You know what I mean? Like I fought, we fought good dudes. We were experienced fighters. It's just, we were never ranked in jujitsu because we were MMA fighters. We God. grappled, you know, we were doing jujitsu, just not, but I was never even interested in jujitsu before Eddie was around. Like I knew triangles and arm bars and stuff, but I had really no interest in like jujitsu until Eddie started coming around, putting stuff together for MMA. How do you, you know, how do and you, that's why we're good at combat. Jiu-jitsu. How do you feel as a coach going from a point where, you know, you, you're obviously you had some experience, but ranked wise, you're blue belt. You have a school, you're opening it up, you know, and now you have a guy that you're coaching at ADCC. Yeah. That's got to be serious yeah. validation. Not, I'm not saying that you needed it, but if it was me, I'd be like, God damn, like, I know what the fuck yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Well, that's why, dude, that's why I get pissed off when guys act like I don't know who, like, they act like we don't, they don't know what's going on. Like, they, you know what I mean? Like, I come, you know what I mean? Like, like, dude, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, don't act, don't act like you don't know who we are. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like shit, that shit drives me nuts. Cause people know you fucking see it, right? That's my new hashtag. You fucking see it. Cause people act like they don't see you, but they do see you. You know? And I, I see what, you know, everyone sees, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, and I definitely get that vibe. Cause like when I go places, like when I'm at tournaments, man, we get, everyone loves us. You know what I mean? Everyone knows how hard we work. And when, like when we travel and see everyone, like everyone loves us, but Sometimes I go a little stir crazy just sitting around in Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. What's what's the you know what's the story right now? I know on November sixteenth, uh, finishers has a, a a pretty big event going down. And recently, we had Gary Tonin on the podcast, and he was talking about EBI and kind of his desire to see EBI come back. And and I think it came from a place, two places. I think personally from him. And I'll just go ahead and speak for Gary because fuck it, it's my show. So I think fuck that it. I think that Gary's coming from one place is a little bit of nostalgia. Like goddamn, those those right. EBIs were pretty dope. Like th- that was a very fun experience. Just as a spectator, it's very fun to be part of that. And two is he can't do combat jujitsu because he's under contract with one, and one's not going to let him go do combat jujitsu for fear that you know he's going to get hurt right. in some manner. But he could go grapple, and it's almost like he. I think there's a part of him that wants to go be able to do those things like EBI. But yeah, he can't. Yeah. No, I love it. I love Gary Tony. He's my hero. And when it gets on contact with Jitsu, it does break my heart a little bit because, 
Larry Tone is a fucking man. Let's be real. And I look up to him, but you know, um, it, I feel like at least with combat jiu-jitsu, if you're talking about combat, jiu-jitsu, I feel somewhat, uh, involved, like even in EBI, like people act like, like I like EBI too, but combat jiu-jitsu, man, like you heard that John Jock podcast. That was, he don't, when John Jock talks about jiu-jitsu, he doesn't even talk about it without strikes. Like this talk about jujitsu. It's always has. It's always strikes involved. He's the man, dude. John like Jock is the coolest person. Like it doesn't even Earth, exist dude. in his brain without strikes. Yeah, he's like, no, no, I hit you. You do that. You know what I mean? Like, he's awesome. So, um, so you know, I, I trained with him a couple times too. But I feel like, um, I but feel yeah, like, with, Gary, with Gary, I feel like you you, you guys have been flying the flag out there. And keeping oh, yeah. up, keeping up this finishers tournament, you guys, you guys, F ten is this is this your tenth event? Is that what the F ten represents? Finishers ten. God yeah. damn, dude! EBI rules. It's on the East Coast, and I don't know, man. Are you guys getting the support and the love from the East Coast community? Oh yeah. Well, dude, you know what? People show out, and I think that's what matters. Like, I don't really need, I don't need people like kissing my ass on Facebook and Instagram. You know what I mean? But people do show love because they come out and the tournament is always dope. Nice. And, um, I mean, man, if you miss EBI and you're not watching finishers, like, I think you're really, you're slipping. Like, you're not even paying attention, you know? Because I, I think a lot of the finishers guys, if you look into, if you look into who wins finishers and who wins EBIs, whoever's winning finishers is doing work at EBI. You know, it was at a point where those later EBIs were, Mostly, they were basically finishers tournaments with like a two or three West Coast guys in there. You know, just better production because of Eddie Bravo and UFC. But, um, you know, that's the thing. Like, if guys, like, would actually support, like, you know, I know it's me and Zach, and not everyone wants to kind of jump on the, you know, JM and Zach are awesome bandwagon and let's support them 100%. But if we did have that support, I mean, man, you could, I'm sure there's guys, like, if Gary Tony wanted, like, a, a finisher like to jump on finishers. I'm sure we could make a 16 net bracket if Gary Tony really wanted to run it sub only. Like we could make that happen. You know, like we've had all the new black belts, man. They do finishers. Everyone getting the black belt to nowadays. If they're not doing finishers, no one like you know Junie Okada. I was actually a list of dudes, and I'll actually like I'll actually pull that up because I want to promote the next event. I know we got what I mean. Everyone in finishers is. Insane. We got a Midwest finisher, so there's a Midwest show now. The Tackett Brothers won that last one. Um, or one of the Tackett Brothers won that. You guys ever heard of William and Andrew Tackett? Yeah, what, 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 what state are they out of? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know, but the finisher's chance they're pretty badass. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I mean, Keith Kikorian, Ethan Crowenston, um, who else? Man, off the top of my head, John Callistein. You know, like when John Callistein did EBI this last time, like they didn't even, the, the commentators on EBI didn't even really know that John Callistein did a 16-man tournament out on the East Coast. And, you know, they were like, well, we'll see what happens when John Callistein gets into overtime. John Callistein was very familiar with overtime because the finishers tournament, it's like the under, we're the underground kings. That's what we say. Like we like to call ourselves the, like Eddie Alvarez type dude. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Uh, just cause like, you know, but dude, that's, if you, if you're complaining on the internet about bringing EBI back, like EBI hasn't went nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the finishing club only is like running that. That is EBI. If you ask me, like, and if you were really hungry to get on EBI, you would put on like a six show at finishers and then he would be like, you gotta bring something back. It's so exciting. 
Um, but in my opinion, like it's a step back from combat jiu-jitsu. Combat jiu-jitsu is going to take over. It's just, it's just common sense. It's, it's everything EBI had and I can hit you. You understand? Like it's better. Do you think, what, and, you, what you know, do you, I think, what do you think about the criticism that, cause, cause like this kind of came up when I was talking to Gary that, Hey, a lot of grapplers don't want to, don't want to slap and they, they, nobody trains for it. There's no like combat jujitsu classes, even though there are some, there are like, look, I mean, Javier Vasquez, his whole academy is built on that idea. Right of right. being yeah, so strike based jujitsu, like you're gonna get popped in the face, you know. Bobby Vasquez is coming out for a seminar at our school. I had to, I was just looking at the flyer. I He's you know coming out in November. You're right. I just saw that actually. That's a nice uh, nice plug right there. And ha- Javier's dope, dude. Like he's got great jujitsu, man. It's fantastic. Oh, guy's a legend, man. I look up to the guy a lot. Yeah, yeah. outstanding. But what do you say to that? Because I think from the casual spectator, they look at it and they go, "Hey." I don't see the top, top guys doing combat jujitsu. So this is a lesser version of jujitsu. Yeah. Who's the, who's the top, top guy? Like, well, well I think, because I don't know, like, <laughs> like that pisses me off and people are like, it's not, it's a lower level EBI. I don't think that. I don't think that. I think that's rude. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's, it's harder. It's harder than submission. Only. It's not easier. It's harder. It, like, and yeah, grapplers don't want to do it because they might lose. Like you might lose, you know, it's easy to go out there and, and win. Like you're winning all the time. That's, that's a hell of a risk you're taking to go out there and do the same. That sit up guard. Good luck with that sit up guard. When I got, when I can palm strike you in your eyeball, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was, in fact, I was just watching Denny Prokopos's, uh, uh, match when he did a combat, I think it was like combat jujitsu. I don't know which, which number it was, but God damn, there were some hard strikes thrown in that match. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't know like, what they're talking fuck, about. Man. Dude. Yeah. People don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Eddie Bravo has always been about evolving and pushing it. And that's why I fuck with him to this day. He, he, he's taking it to the next level, you know? And if you want to, if you want to have jujitsu that don't work and when someone can hit you, that's your business. You know what I mean? But what I'm teaching at my school is working all the time. You know what I mean? However you want to run it, I can run it, you know? And that's, uh, that's just how I always trained. I always trained for self-defense. I never trained for sport. Do you, you know, I was never like, I would, I'm not a, I'm not an athlete. You understand? I'm a martial artist and, and I'm not saying no one else isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on anyone else, but it's like they, it's like they throw dirt on it because they don't want people to like it and give it a chance. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I'm trying to make a living here. And you guys are like, you know, like, dude, at least be like, yo, that shit's hard as fuck. Like, a lot of respect to those guys, you know, or whatever. But you don't have to like it, but just don't shit all over it. I'm trying to, like, make a living out here. Yeah, I think there's a weird thing in jujitsu, and it's always been this way. There's this scarcity mindset that says, like, there's not enough of this pie, and if this guy takes a slice and they're doing combat jujitsu, it's going to fuck up, and I'm not going to get to eat that piece, and I want it to be this or whatever. And it's just a stupid way to think about it because jujitsu is still very, very small in that sense, and there's nothing wrong with supporting something. Like, if there's no, there's, it doesn't hurt anybody to go, like, hey, you know what? I don't want to go get slapped in the face. 
but I think it's hella yeah. dope to watch and I'm going to spend money to watch it. And if people want to do it, fuck yeah, yeah let's do it. I don't yeah. want to do it, but I don't want to do it because I don't want to fucking get hit in the face. I'm 41 years old. I'm, I don't want that. <laughs> Not for me, right. you know, but, uh, but in the right. sense of like, uh, evolvement of jujitsu, yeah, it's a more pure form of it. Yeah, no, it's, that's real deal. Holy field right there. Combat jujitsu is where the top guys are at. Like Alicone, like I, I, that guy's in Abu Dhabi. That guy's a fucking beast, dude. Yeah. Um, who else? John Thor Blanks. You know, he's in Abu Dhabi. You know, I'm, I'm talking to Eddie on the phone every couple of days, like about his plans for Thor. So that's sick. You know, like EBI is awesome. And I, I, you know, people act like, you know, I like, dude, I'd help build EBI too. You know, Grace was in EBI three. Yeah. I've been going to EBI since EBI three. So I don't want to hear about me not, not liking EBI. I run like finishers is EBI now. Like yeah. ultimate Matt Warriors on the West coast finishers on the East coast. There's a bunch of smaller shows, you know, but don't like, that's the thing. Like, dude, everyone knows finishers is what's up. I don't have to like, you know, it's like the tournaments are sick. Well, the one twenty five we had at our school, um, like pounds of soldiers is in it. You know, he's a new black belt from the, from Unity, you know, uh, who was in that one? A bunch of gangsters are in that 125. Um, you know, Austin Daffron, he was in that last combat jiu-jitsu. He, uh, he, like, he killed it. He, like, tapped two, three dudes at the combat jiu-jitsu. He's down for it. Austin Daffron, he's a finisher's champ. He tapped, like, Nick Pace, who's, like, a beast MMA fighter. You know, you got Ben Eddie, who's, uh, you know, a beast. Obviously, he's Ben Eddie. You know, Ben Eddie choked the guy to sleep with rubber guard. In combat jiu-jitsu, dude, if you don't like combat jiu-jitsu, you're smoking something, bro. Yeah. That don't make no sense to me. Like, yeah. heel hooks are cool, dude, but who can forget when EBI was, was, like, going on that, like, people were just like, yeah, okay, cool, heel hooks. Like, that shit don't fire me up none. Like, it, like you can't just spam heel hooks in combat jiu-jitsu. You're going to get fucked up. Like, you're going to get hit. You know what I mean? Like, maybe maybe a guy like Eddie Cummins comes in and heel hooks everybody, like, because he's super high level, but... It changes the game. It makes it more honest. It makes it like, you know, there's guard is important. Like a closed guard is important. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you excited to see Gordon's combat jiu-jitsu against Purdue? I want to see what his closed guard looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was really close for that. I was too. I, I think that um, it restores, the when you could strike, it restores the proper balance to the positions. And, and then it, it right. kind of, like, I'm not a, a big points jiu-jitsu guy. It all, but, but it does kind of point back to the original intention when, you know, points were handed out for dominant positions. Why? Because you could fuck somebody up with strikes from those positions, not just because, you know, you could get a knee ride and get a step around arm bar. No, you could get a knee ride and fuck someone up. Like that was a good spot or take mount or get side control or take the back. Uh, and you know, I think with the rise of submission grappling, um, those position, those positions became less important because, you know, people were jumping on legs and if they weren't a lot of times they were riding out the matches to get to, to get to the OT part of it. Yeah. You it, know? Dude, it was getting stale. People forget they were bitching about that too. They were. You know what I mean, they were bitching. I was, it, it, if it's not one thing, it's the next, you know, but it's like, yo, at least like, uh, at least now, like. You're seeing a lot different dudes. Like I see, like the new con- the next combat jiu-jitsu card that's up with like Orchard and like uh, who else is in that? There's like tons of guys I haven't seen before in it, and there's no history yet. Combat jiu-jitsu is three events in, isn't it? Yeah. So wait till combat jiu-jitsu is like ten, fifteen events in. There's some history, 
you know, we're going to see like, so I guarantee you we're going to see some wild shit. We didn't see like the first two EBIs, uh, Gio was like trucking people and like calf cranking people. Guys were getting rubber guarded. You know, it was sick. Like, and then all of a sudden it turned into leg lock of Palooza, you know? Yeah. And now it's not that way anymore. Cause I can hit you if you're after my leg. Granted, a lot of these guys I'm, I'm talking like, like could leg lock the shit out of me. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Uh, Gary told him to fuck me up. But like, yeah, I just had a different opinion. a different uh, aspect of the of more like position, I guess. Like I just for me, uh, you know, I'll watch a coming back to Jitsu show before I watch a, you know, another show. Like at least for me, you know. And so I'm gonna, you know, and then finishers, dude. If you're if you want to run it sub only, man, sub only is like where I started. My club finishers, uh, MMA. My tournament club finishers Jitsu. I've been about submission or jiu-jitsu, like, because I hated losing the at MAGA, you know? So, uh, you know, come do finishers, man. Like, get a, get a touch, a hold of Zach, and, like, you know, get into finishers. Because if you really want to see EBI back, be exciting at finishers. Eddie, you think Eddie doesn't see or talk to me and Zach about who, what's going on? You understand? Like, I'm, I'm right there on the mat doing it. Gary Tonin's at our tournament. He's up there on that side. His, uh, his female just won the last one, the one fifteen females. His uh, girl Katarina. Oh yeah, she just won that last one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and then the next the next tournament finishers ten. We're actually going to have that in our hometown, which is awesome because now we're bringing all these high level guys into our town now. Like we used to take it on the like in the Jersey, but now we're gonna we rented the place in Allentown, and uh, we got brand new mats. Like Zach and uh, me invested. We put our money where our mouth is. We got these sick Fuji mats. Um, all logoed out and stuff. We got sponsors and stuff. Um, but we're always looking for more. So, you know, holler at your boy. How, but, does it, uh, how does it, I wanted to ask you this. Do you think, and I don't know what the biggest, um, prize you guys have awarded out for, um, finishers, but you know, if you think if you guys came up, let's just say you got some, you got a nice deal set up and in the prize money went up to say 25 G's. Do you think that changes, um, people's perception or people's interest in going like, Holy fuck, I want that money. Yeah. Hey, that's the procedure. That's, I think that's the move. You really like, I'm not, you know, just because it's a prize money award doesn't mean you're making me any richer. Like we're not going to make more money because the prize pool is bigger. Maybe that's more exciting and more shows and better sponsors. But like, dude, if there's someone out there that really wants to see EBI back and like the production back, like, come talk to me and Zach at finishers. We got the best tournament outside of combat jiu-jitsu world, like that I feel like when I watch this dude. Like, if you if you can go back and look at this tournament, you know, like like go back and look who's in this tournament. I mean, who who? If he's running jiu-jitsu, like you know, like right now, like the guys coming up. They can't, I guarantee they were in pictures. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. If you wanted to get in the EDI, you'd be an name for yourself at finishers. And, I mean, dude, by the time the EDI, like, like, Calisun, Jimmy, Daddle, like, all these guys, they, they were all finishers, dude. You know what I mean? And they came out and they stood out in one EDI. So, like, I don't, I don't really like hearing that, like, there's all these winking things. Like, dude, there's one right here ready to go. Like, like, if you... If there's somebody out there like that one that's all 20 G's that we put on some gangster draft EBI shit, I'm down for that. Of course. You know? Uh, yeah. I think that, I think that's been the mission this whole time, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't change the – you're already – see, the thing is, is like 
you've already got the processes figured out. You're on your 10th show. Like you don't make it to your 10th show. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you make it to like your second or third show. And then you, you go belly up, you know, but you've made it through Mm -hmm. 10 shows. Every show gets better, right? You guys are refining the process. You're becoming very, very good at putting on shows. And so the infrastructure's there, the the fan base is there. Really, the prize money that would come in would just enlarge what you're doing. It's not like it's necessary, but it provides a certain I th- I think in people's brain when they think of EBI, it carried a certain amount of pageantry to it because it was at the Orpheum and it was Eddie Bravo and and, and Bruce Buffer and, and, and all those things. Yeah. Right? And they all add to it, but did, that, that was doesn't Bruce Buffer around before combat to get to? Uh, I think he was doing, he did, he did, um, he did, he did some of the EBI events, did some of the announcing. Okay. I think like, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's dope. Right. But at the sure. same time, if you didn't have Bruce Buffer, like when they had the other guy, there was some older dude, some white dude, it seemed hey, like you know he, <laughs> he didn't follow jujitsu much, but it was still awesome. Yeah, well, you know what, man? Finishers is dude, the same. It's the same way, though. Like, even more so, man. Like, like I, it's good. the guys at Finishers, like Gary Tonin's there. You know, me and Zach are there. Uh, Mike Main and Andy Main are there. Tinger Pancrase. You know, Mike Main's a beast black belt. The first Finishers had, like, Dylan Dennis there. The Meow Brothers were there. Murillo Santana was there. Tom the Blast was there. Um, you know, dude, we're, we're doing the damn thing out here. You know what I mean? So, if, yeah. if Someone really misses EBI that much, you know. Come talk to Zach Maslany. Like he's gonna, he's gonna blow it. I mean, dude, we're, you think Eddie gave us black belts? Like we talked to, we're in Eddie's ear too. You know what I mean? Like Eddie's in, in our ear guiding us. Like Eddie's doing what he's doing because he can. You understand what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. gonna, he's gonna be the cutting edge. If people miss EBI, man, jump on the finisher thing. I can do, or, or you know, like hell yeah, we're doing the damn thing. Either way, either way, we're doing it. You know, like we don't make money doing it. You know, but uh, it's something, it's a way that we can like put on guys on. Like, just even my polo belt, how are you going to make a black belt? I got to get him against guys that are hungry, like that are good, you know? So, Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be doing the shows no matter what. And so the next show is November 16th. You can 16th. get more yeah, information a, if you go to finishersjujitsu.com. Um, there's a, Perfect. there's a pro card, right? And then there's also a open, uh, open to the public yeah. tournament structure. I'm assuming that's happening earlier in the day or before the pro card. I, I, I would think, uh, Here, hold on one second. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the open there. Yeah? yeah. I'm here. Okay. So the open is the same day as the, um, the pro. So the open is going to be the day of the pro is going to be at night. It's November 16th. Um, it's going to be in Allentown it starts at 9am. So like, if you're like a, you know, if you do Nagas and, gra- and grappling industries and, and, uh, you know, whatever, who else, who else, you know, if you're in the grapplers quest and stuff, this is going to be like submission only jujitsu for like guys coming up that want to make it into the pro show, you know, that want to get some experience, white, blues, purples, you know, um, you know, the, the high level show that, that finishers 10 lives in 185. There's a 16, uh, man, 185 set up right now. Dante Leon's in it. Um, Alan Sanchez, who's a, a oh, beast. A beast that gets a dude. Fucking Out at San Mateo. Animal, dude. I love that kid. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
he's been good for a long time. Like I'm starting to see him. So we're having a 185. That's middleweight pro show. And then we're also having a women's 105. So Grace, Danielle Kelly, you know, we'll see who else we can get uh, set up. So Grace is back in action. Nice. You know, I don't know if you guys know who Grace Gundren is, but of course. Know. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, so, if you're listening that, and you don't know who Grace is, you're, you're missing it. You need to go look up Grace Gundren. Yeah. You're, you're not paying attention, dude. You're not paying attention. You fucking see it. That's my favorite new. Yeah. <laughs> That's my new, uh, thing. You fucking see it. No, yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Dude, the man. show's going to pop off. Dak's putting everything into this. Like, he's 100% on it. So, you know, support it, man. Blow that shit up. Because if you love EBI, man, you should love finishers, too. Unless for some reason you just don't like finishers. Yeah, some of the past winners, man, are like John Callistein's up here. I'll just I'm just looking at the site, man. You guys have a lot of big names on here. Um, what is yeah, there a way to watch it. this online? <laughs> yeah, they're all free, dude. You can watch. You can go to finishersjujitsu.com. All the events are on there. Nice. Um, we're we're planning for this finishers ten. We're planning all these kinds of cool like countdowns. You know, top ten moments. You know, top ten. Uh, you know, PJ Barch, one finishers, you know, he beat Pat Sabatini. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, if you guys don't know who Pat Sabatini is, he's an animal, animal. Andrew Kochel choking out Rob Beth with that triangle, slapped him with a triangle in overtime. You know, we got some wild dudes who are like pulling it off because they want that name recognition. They want that respect. Like, like guys are going, going for it. Full send, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if you're, you know, the thing is, is if, if you're trying to get a spot on a pro card and you're not getting any love, you can enter this tournament and whoop everyone's ass and potentially get an invite to come back yeah. on a pro card. That's your key. That's your door right there. Do you want finishers? Ask anyone that's won finishers what happened after they won finishers. Ask them. Ask Keith Corn. Ask, uh, you know, ask Palestine. Uh, Gordon Ryan was the first finishers champion. He was the first one. So, you know, these two, we put, like, I love Gary. Like, Gary's students win our tournament quite often. You don't understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, you know, we give those guys opportunities all the time. We love those guys, you know? Uh, it's just, dude, that's, this, this, that's the show. Ultimate Matt Warriors, same thing. And we work Ultimate Matt Warriors and finishers work together. So if you win Ultimate Matt Warriors, you get paid money and you get a flight to the East Coast for finishers and vice versa, you know? So it's a whole ton of opportunities opening up for you because, you know, you're open-minded and you're, you're working with us instead, you know, you're figuring it out, you know? Yeah. So Outstanding. Ah. Look into it. <laughs> Look exactly. into it, man. Exactly. You guys yeah, are doing dude, the Lord's work. Up, like, thanks, man. No, we haven't, dude, you know, Eddie put on like, you know, Eddie, like you were talking about how Eddie is like, uh, you were in the car ride with Eddie and stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, dude, having that access to Eddie and John Jock, like, being in 10th Planet is so massive. Like, dude. their influence and, like, them in your ear, like, it just, it's so important, you know? They, people think, like, that Eddie don't give a fuck. No. And that's the very opposite of the truth. Like, I talk to Eddie pretty often. You know, I see Eddie pretty often, more than you would think, you know? Um, so, you know, he, he knows what's going on. He sees, you know? He knows that, finish, like, Geo and Boogie are running Ultimate Night Warriors. We're running finishers out here. Like... Um, you know, we're doing the best that we can to put, put guys on and, you know, make this something that can be on TV one day or, you know, and I think combat jiu-jitsu, that's got the best bat for that. You know, someone that's never seen jiu-jitsu before, they're like, this makes sense. Yeah, right. You know, right. This Absolutely, man. This, cause you know why? Everyone understands seeing somebody get slapped 
Everybody gets that part of it. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, he's trying to hit him. And so yeah. that guy on bottom see, doesn't want to get hit. <laughs> yeah. You see Richard Alicorn, like, hitting dudes? Oh, my God. Yeah, he ain't slapping nobody, dude. No. He's, I'm palm striking him in the... I, I didn't get him much of a chance to be on top at all in my matches. But believe me, if I was in the position to hit someone, you know, I'm hurting you. You're not, you're not, I'm not bitch slap. Like, I'll bitch slap you, but like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you're, Some of the guys, man, they were trying to like play the game. They didn't really understand. So like, you know, uh, Eddie had to change some rules, you know, and make things difficult. Guys were like doing weird shit, like trying to throw overhand rights with their knee on the ground. That was stupid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, right. you know, um, but the ground and pound aspect is, uh, uh, a, uh, for real aspects of martial arts. Like if you're not working at ground and pound, you don't have ground and pound. You're not just going to be like, oh, I have ground and pound now. You have to work on that. You know, there's trapping and uh, all kinds of stuff from the bottom that you got to know how to do, how to wrap guys up so you don't get hit. You know, you don't got no pictures of me getting blasted in my face when I did combat jiu-jitsu. You ain't got no pictures of me getting walloped. I was fucking Pernell Whitaker off my back. You know what I'm saying? At least I was trying to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was, I was there, man. I, I, I was there. Like I'm hit. Yeah, I look like I'm getting hit, but I'm like, ha, ha. Uh, you know, like that's... Dude, you know what? That shit that people don't want to bother talking about because whatever. I talk about it, though. Yeah, I I had a conversation with you like 12 minutes after your match, dude. <laughs> you 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 looked fine. You were just sweating. It's like fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, I think that was yeah. that was the first combat jujitsu match, wasn't it? Yes. Well, not the first one. Capella did the first one like in a cage a long time ago. Yeah, but uh, this was the first yeah, one mine with was the, the first EBI one stuff. EBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, so, that was dope. But um, Chad George is a close to the guy I fought oh, in Deco. He's like a third black belt out here. I dude, dude um, that's your opponent is Chad George. Like not take anything away from you, but god damn, that's not a walk in the park. Like that's you know, yeah, like, my fuck. mom <laughs> My mom was like, you know, Chad he she don't know anything about martial arts really. And my mom's like, JM, that guy you fought is a fucking animal. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, mom, your son's an animal. Your son's an animal. I fought that guy. You know? Right. So, right. <laughs> but I dude, I I learned so much doing those matches, like once you do the combat jujitsu, the regular jujitsu, it's like, it doesn't do it for me. Like, like the combat does. It's not as fast. It's not, you're not getting nervous like you are. Like, you think you get nervous for sub only. You know what I mean? It's an MMA fight. It's one aspect of an MMA fight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're watching MMA. You know? And, and it, that's why it kind of hurts because I, you know, this is something I'm like really putting my time and effort into and like teaching my students and like, you know, living my life basically. Like, you know, kind of pushing this. And then people are like some white belt online talking about how like bitch slap you get to. And so it's like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I do know what you mean. Like you want, you want last one minute in my world, dude. There's a lot of, but, hey, a lot of you know? Instagram jujitsu guys now, man. A lot of them. There's a lot of people that they look like they do jujitsu and they say they do jujitsu, but I don't know if they're really doing jujitsu. Like based off of, yeah. you know, when you really get to talk to them, you're like, what the fuck? You got some crazy ideas. And I, yeah, you no, know, I'm not shitting on anyone who does sports jujitsu either. Like I, I like sports jujitsu. It's complicated and it's technical and there's all kinds of cool shit, but don't act like that's the only thing. And don't act like it's super realistic yeah. because it's not, you know, you're not yeah. going to play that. Well, shit like what life. John Jock said, if, if you listen to that John Jock, Jock podcast, like, you know, what's cool about him is like, he don't have to get upset or curse. He just says what it says, like what it is. And it's just, that's what it is for me at least. Yeah. Like, you know, Hickson, same thing. Hickson's into it. Hickson's like talking about Paul and Strike. You see what Eddie's putting on his Instagram. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm just like a, a mouthpiece for all this shit. I feel like I mean, I'm just being like talk, opening my mouth, but you know, like there is a, the other side of the corn here and you understand what I'm saying? Like, and I, I appreciate you having me on to like say my piece. Cause I was listening to that. Like, man, why doesn't, uh, Gary just say finishers? Like he knows finishers. Like he knows it. I know he knows, you know? So I wanted to, I appreciate the time getting on here, man. And just like helping us blow up the tournament. And if, if guys are hungry for those finishers, ultimate man warriors, um, you know, bullpen submission series. Uh, who else? There's tons of Midwest finishers. You know, Omar Ocasio out in, uh, you know, the Midwest, Chicago, Lombard area. Like, he's running one. Uh, the Shigulio, Nate, and uh, uh, Phil Schwartz are doing that. Like, there's tons of good tournaments. You know, sub only isn't going anywhere. It's going nowhere. That's that's the start. You start in sub only, graduate to combat jiu-jitsu. That's the next level. Yeah, nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I don't think I've heard it like that. You know what I mean? I don't think I've heard anyone put it exactly like that, but that's that's a cool way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, Thor's the man, dude. He's combat middleweight champ. Like he's he well, how are you gonna top that? I <laughs> like you can't you know what I mean? Like you're not he did it. He did it when you could hit him. Right. You know, that's the most gangster belt there is. You know, right? Because that's the most gangster belt there is. Because not only can you hit the, you can sub him. Like you could use your dope leg locks and your cool jujitsu moves, and you can hit him. So if you can't yeah. beat that Proper guy now, defense. then then what's Proper your excuse? Leg lock defense is strike. Like if you're leg locking me, I'm gonna hit you, and I'm gonna keep my base, defend the leg lock, but I get to hit you, so you have to move on. You can't just. You understand? It's yeah. totally. It's another game. It's another game. You know, so you can't just you know, lay down and, for combat jiu-jitsu and willing to like, uh, not give a fuck about what people say and just go do it. I got a lot of respect for anyone who's like willing to test themselves in that rule set. Cause it, it's, uh, it's something, if you haven't done it, um, you know, try it. And then when you try it in your gym, don't say you tried it because you didn't try it when a guy's really trying to knock you out. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's different. It's not. It's not the same thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So I, if you're into it, I'm into it. I love it. You know. If you're not into it, it's all good. But I, you know, I, I like. I, I appreciate the opportunity to like have a voice on the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, man, for sure, dude. Out, outstanding. And, and and you, you and Zach, dude, I've always admired your guys' hustle, even from afar. Even when I really didn't know. I think the first time I met you guys was at the L.A. Jiu Jitsu House when you guys stayed out there. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, yeah. Eric and Joey, everyone, I call it a jujitsu. It's like a jujitsu uh, group home. <laughs> that's what it felt like. It was like we're yeah. all just like living out there. But that's the first time I met you guys. I'm like, man, these guys are good dudes, and I always admired your hustle. And it, it's it's awesome to see you on the grind still, and all the shit that you've achieved, man. So congratulations on that. And I know you're you're not done by any stretch, man. You're a young dude. You guys got a gigantic future ahead of you. And uh, it's really dope to have you on, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, bro. Like I said, like, dude, I see what you're doing in person. Like, Eddie was just out for the seminar, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Just having that 45-minute car ride with him, man, like, he'll just make me feel so good about myself. Like, <laughs> I know, You know, dude. seeing Eddie and John Jock, like, he'll just get me reach because you'll see all this negativity online all this hate like you got it that shit's poison for me like and then i get around guys man and like i get to talk to them and i'm like okay i'm not crazy like i'm not crazy right you know yeah um yeah we're just ahead of the eight ball i feel like yeah you know absolutely i agree with you man it's i I feel really super fortunate man super fortunate really appreciate the opportunity yeah 
That's for sure. Yeah. All right, brother. Yeah, hey, awesome, th- thanks, thanks for taking time in your day to chat with me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys next time. Okay, have a good one, brother. All right, brother. All right, bye. J.M. Holland. That guy's a fucking... He's a gold nugget, man. He's a gem. J.M.'s a gem. He he absolutely is, man. I I really like that guy. <laughs> and, I, and I did have a conversation with him. It was like 15 minutes after his match was with, uh, with Chad George. That was intense. That was intense. That was super intense. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm going to do some message board recap on the Inside BJJ Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Subscribe and tell your friends. Ah, I already played that one. That's dumb. All right, we're back. Welcome back. Hey, uh, I wanted to do a quick recap of some message boards. Uh, I, I love checking out the message boards because they never change. In the 15 years I've been doing jujitsu, they never change. They're always the same. 14 years, they're always the same. Same questions, same people. It makes me laugh, man. So let's jump into it. We got a thread called... Um, this is actually interesting. And I, it's not funny. It's interesting. Building student confidence by letting them win. Do you do it? And if so, does it serve a purpose? I was interested to hear that that was a strategy that Jean-Jacques used for Eddie's camp when he was preparing for Hoyler. Jean-Jacques gradually increased the intensity of the sessions until Bravo's false confidence was replaced by actual confidence. Strategy is nothing new. I was just surprised that it was still used for high-level grappling. And a lot of people jumped in here and said, yeah, uh, I do use that method. And I thought, you know, that's an interesting approach because I've done that with my students, but not because they're preparing for something, but sometimes I just, especially newer people, they don't get much of an opportunity when they're training with students who are maybe one rank above them. Cause everyone, it feels like the whites are all in, in every belt level. There's a hierarchy within the belt level itself. So there's like the new white belt, the mid-level white belt, and the OG white belt who's ready to be a blue belt. But when he gets his blue belt, he's a new booty blue belt now. He's got to work up through that rank. And you get to press same. When you get your black belt, man, you feel like you're the new white belt. And so a lot of times within a belt rank, guys are battling each other. And if you're one rank up, they're battling you because they want to prove that they belong there. So you don't see a lot of guys let other guys win. But when you get to a point where you're like, hey, I'm confident. I could toast this dude. Or I could battle this guy pretty hard and I could make his life really hard, make this match really tough. Maybe you you give them something because you're trying to build their confidence up. I could totally see that. Uh, And I think it has its place. I wouldn't overdo it. Uh, and as I think as long as you kind of gradually up the resistance and you're moving towards something, that's a, it's a pretty good idea. Jiu-jitsu is already hard enough and the failure rate's already super high. Like you're already getting tapped all the time when you start for a long time. So employing a strategy like that's pretty helpful. What sucks is when you employ a strategy like that, but the student is so green, they think they're better than you now. Yeah, that sucks. Then that's when you have to really put the stank on them just really really put it on them uh i wanted to read 
another one, and I lost it. Let me see if I can find it. It was, it was an interesting, um, interesting thread. Let, let me jump over to this other one first. And I think this other one was from Reddit Jiu-Jitsu. It's an open letter to the Australian BJJ community. There's a toxic culture spreading throughout some jiu-jitsu schools in Australia. What I'm about to say may resonate deeply with some of you and mean nothing to others, but it might be said. In a sport that is competitive, there will no doubt be an element of competitiveness. However, there has been some ongoing behavior that has recently gotten worse and is frankly unacceptable, and it brings the sport to embarrassment. Here's the following things I've seen on the mat. Verbal abuse, aggressive behavior, bullying, crying, forbidding students from training at other gyms when they're just there to improve in their own time. Kicking students, including teenagers and children, out for training at other gyms or being given belts by other instructors. Calling of names, angry and defamatory social media post text calls, bullying from one person to the another. Instructors teaching students lessons and roles. These are there's also collusion and anti-competitive behavior, and some gym owners in relation to participating in different. Com- oh my god! If you look at any other sport. The focus is on teamwork and having fun. You're not owned by your school. No one cares if you go to train in another gym. No egos are hurt. Why are you doing this? Because you want to protect reality secrets? No, no. You know what? I think you're wrong. These are common. And I don't think other sports just focus on teamwork and having fun. I think you're wrong. I think other sports that are competitive, wrestling, judo, football, baseball, basketball, it's not just about having fun. If I play for my local college team, but I keep showing up at another college team's practices, and playing with those guys all the time, then that's going to cause a problem. Well, so the problem goes two ways. There is a, there's a business owner-customer relationship, and then there is a coach-athlete relationship. And too often, the student and athlete role will vacillate between whatever argument works best for them. And I could say this now that I've been on the other side of it, and, and owners do the same thing. They put they change hats from coach to owner based on what's convenient. And here's what I mean. When I'm the athlete, I want coach's time. I want extra training. I want to be coached like an athlete. I don't want to just be told to show up to class times and do the work and that's it. No, I want to... I want competition classes. I want advice on nutrition. I want to do extra this, extra that. Okay, great. Now you want to be an athlete. You want me to be the coach. So then when I make rules that teams would have, like, hey, if you show up late, you don't get to practice. When you come to practice, you got to wear this. You got to do that. All sports have those rules. In fact, when they go on the road, there's a curfew where you can go, when you can go, who you can go with, how you can go with them. And I'm not just talking about for people that are minors. I'm talking about for fucking adults. 
and it's convenient until the student or the athlete decides, I don't like these rules. And then they go, I'm a paying customer, bitch. I could do what I want. I could train where I want and go where I want. And I pretty much agree with that. I pretty much agree with, hey, you are a paying customer and this is America. And if you don't like my product and my service, you are completely within your right to go to the gym across the town. 100%. I agree with that. 100%. But you're also able to go to the gym across town if you don't fucking like what I'm doing. Does that make sense? So, like, if you don't like my program, instead of going online and bitching, take your money somewhere else. But you can't expect the owner and the coach to play both roles for you just depending on whatever mood you're in. Because one day it's about winning gold medals, and you want to win, and when you don't win, you get pissed. We're not being taught right. We don't do the right drills. It's not a serious enough environment. Blah, 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 blah. You're not keeping up with, I want to know the DDS stuff. I want the 10th Planet stuff. I want to know what the Meow Brothers are doing. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Blah, blah, blah. But when the coach says, then you got to fucking train with me. If you want me to be your coach and you want to win, you got to be dedicated to me. You got to be on my fucking program. Oh, hey, man. I want to train wherever I want and do whatever I want whenever I want, man. Free country, man. It is a freak. You're 100% right. 100%. But if you take that pro- approach, then you can't expect your coach to be 100% dedicated to you. You just can't. You can't. So as an owner, when I'm the owner, I look at everyone like, hey, I'm providing a business and I believe in what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. I'm passionate about what I'm doing. I believe strong about my ability to do it. And if you're not down with that program, it's totally okay to go somewhere else. I will not be upset at you. It's your money. It's your neck. It's your liability. They're your limbs, your legs. You got to trust what I'm teaching. And if you don't, you should go somewhere else because you're probably going to get fucked up. Right? I'd rather have you go train somewhere where you feel confident and whoever's ability is teaching you. Great. No problem. That's where that relationship stays. But once you cross over into, I'm an athlete and I, and I want coaching and I want you to approach it like this and approach it like that. Now you're getting into another aspect of what you're doing. It's extra. It's different. It changes. And all this chicken shit about abuse and behavior and bullying, you guys need to fucking get over it. Because jujitsu is a rough fucking sport. It's rough. And some of the shit people complain about today, it's some pussy ass shit compared to what was going on 15 or 20 years ago. But this is the problem as jujitsu grows, culture starts to invade jujitsu. Everyone's not going to get promoted the same day. Everyone's not getting a stripe. Everyone's not getting a trophy. Some people are going to get roughed up. Some people are going to feel like they're being bullied. You know why? Because I know what it's like to be on the other side of it and think, oh man, this guy really fucked me up. He went hard. He bullied me. When in reality, he just played good, strong jujitsu and I sucked. And I thought he was being a dick and he wasn't. I just sucked. I don't know if this is the case. But yeah, that happens, man. You know what? If you train with me and you train with someone else and you get a belt from someone else, then you're not really my student. And if you pay money, you could come train with me, but I'm not promoting you. 
Not if someone else is promoting you. That doesn't make sense. You're going to train at another gym? No problem. Totally no problem. I don't care. My students train all over the place. All over the place. But if you're training all over the place, and then you're also getting mad about the way I do things, then it's like, come on. There's abuse for sure, but I, 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 I think, I think, I think this is a little ridiculous. You can be in charge of your own training and progress for sure. And you could seek out your own BJJ journey, but let's be fucking real. Your BJJ journey is not just up to you. You need, this is a martial art. You need to be taught. Just because the internet's out there doesn't give you some special leverage over everything else. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. So anyway, that was interesting. Interesting thread. I'm done ranting on that. I can't find the other thread I was going to talk about, man. I can't find it, so I'm going to have to let it go unfortunately let me see one more chance now nah, i don't know where it's at so anyway hey uh thanks for listening i'm trying to put out more of these shows i really appreciate jm holland coming on the show make sure you guys check out finishers it's coming up november 16th there's still time to enter the Finishers Open in Allentown, Pennsylvania. A lot of big names come through the Finisher program, man. A lot of big names come through um, Geo and Boogie's tournament, right? Which is uh, Matt Warriors, I believe. Lot, lot of it. I want to make sure I give you guys the right. It's Ultimate Matt Warriors. UltimateMattWarriors.com. These guys are holding up the EBI banners. Check them out. Support them. If you're missing EBI, if you're jonesing for it, if you're nostalgic for it, then do something about it. Support these tournaments. Build these guys up. These guys are doing what you fucking want. They're building the sandwiches you want to eat. You just got to go fucking eat them. It's all there, man. You guys are doing the Lord's work. If you're in the Stockton area, please check us out at 10th Planet Stockton inside BJJ Academy. Follow us on Instagram inside BJJ Academy 10P Stockton. You can follow me on Instagram inside BJJ. I ain't going nowhere. I'm just getting started, motherfuckers. Keep up to date with all the latest news in mixed martial arts. If you enjoyed jiu-jitsu and submission, grappling, pro wrestling, boxing, you name it, we got it. Go to InsideBJJ.com. Follow us on Instagram at InsideBJJ. Twitter at InsideBJJ. Facebook.com slash InsideBJJ Podcast.